Hello and welcome back to the Monroe Method Clancast. As ever, I am Jason Monroe and this is episode 8. Now, I'm a bit out of sync with these. Um, my co-coach Louise has just literally just said to me, what is going on just now? Because the way we do things is one week I do a live chat in our group, the following week I post a podcast. And the week that I do a podcast, Louise pre-records a lecture covering various topics and she uploads that to our private group. So there's always something going on and something happening. Um, and we're always trying to deliver value to our members on a wide and varied range of things, like I try to do with this podcast. However, you know, like I said in the last podcast, um, the last episode, COVID swept through the house. People are not 100%. My youngest came down with a terrible, terrible sickness bug afterwards. We were terrified it was going to be this thing that's been happening to kids where their body overcompensates and the immune system starts to attack their organs. And it was a, a, a very scary few days. But it was just a coincidental sickness bug following having COVID. Um, but now he's got this terrible cough. And I had to take him for his meningitis immunizations a couple of days ago. So yeah, it's none of these things would be that big a deal if I didn't work from home. And when I when I lived where we lived before, I had um I had an office in the back garden. I converted my garage into an office and it was tremendous because we had just had said child I was talking about, my youngest care. So Claire was off on maternity leave for a lot of the time when I first started out. So yeah, in the new house, my office is the front room on the ground floor and the kids just run riot. So it can be a bit tricky. And I'm sure many people can relate to that, given the state of the world at the moment, where so many more people are working from home and it's even went on to become a permanent thing. Thank goodness it wasn't permanent for my wife and she is back at work. So this week, I'm actually going to get ahead of the game this week. I'm going to record two episodes, this one and then one right after. Um, but in this one, I'm, on, I'm going to talk about, in the next one, I'm actually going to talk about what I do and actually how things work inside our private coaching groups. I, I feel that's going to be a good episode to have out there so that, you know, if people message me and say, oh, because it's very difficult to condense into like an Instagram message, exactly how I help people. It's complex. It's not just, oh, you just do this and this and that's it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do the next episode on that. In this episode, I was having a look at last weekend's post inside our coaching group where um, I asked for some suggestions and one of them in particular pounced out at me, which I think would make for a great episode. So Lorna asked, could you do a podcast on how to stay focused and how to pull yourself back on track if you lose your way a bit? Now, this is a really interesting one. So what happens quite a lot is people will reach out to me or, you know, clients, members, etc. will reach out to me and ask me for motivation. They'll ask me to motivate them. Now, you might think that that's perfectly normal and fine, but from my side, it's not really. And I'll tell you why. You know, many people listen to this are either trying to lose weight or maybe they're trying to learn how to maintain their weight or along those lines, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening because that's what I do. I help people lose weight and for the long term. Now, nobody else has a weight loss goal for you. I don't have a weight loss goal for you. You have a weight loss goal for you. So it's something that you want to achieve, Right? If you have to look to other people, to other things, to external factors for motivation, then you probably shouldn't be trying to lose weight. Because it's not up to other people to make you lose weight. It's not up to other people to make you improve your health. This is a goal that you have set for yourself. It is something that you believe that you want to achieve. 
And if you're having to turn to other people and look for external motivation, it's because there isn't enough of you inside that wants to do the thing. You're looking, you're you're grasping and clutching at everything around you, trying to find these things to, to push you on in this next part. And it's a terrible way to try and make it to the finish line because these things are very short lived. You know, you might have, you know, let's say you have, oh, I've got a night out in a couple of weeks. I want to try and slim down for it. An easy, short term goal. You can force yourself to do things you don't particularly like or enjoy doing for a short space of time. Get the results and you're done. Or you might have a holiday coming up in a few months. Again, you might do well with that. But once the holiday's gone, then what happens? I've worked with so many um, people that were getting married and because I've worked with so many brides and grooms over the years now, it's I'm at a point where, you know, as we're getting closer to the wedding, it's really important for me to make sure that these people in particular, that their goals aren't anchored to this wedding. Because if they, if everything is, you know, um, God, what's all the phrases that people use? can't think now maybe they'll come back to me I'm thinking it not like yes to the dress but like things like that to do with a wedding day they've escaped me for the moment anyway people say these mantras and these things and everything is about the big day getting into the dress looking great for the photos achieving whatever weight it is they want to achieve and it's all about the wedding all 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 about the wedding and they the wedding then becomes the foundation of their motivation. Now, the troubles with weddings is, if you've ever been married, they are over in an instant. And if every single part of you was being motivated by this wedding, what happens when that's taken away from you? What happens the day after the wedding, the weeks after the wedding, the months after the wedding? Where do you anchor your motivation to then? What's going to keep you going? Afterwards, everything was about getting to that point. That was the thing driving your efforts. And now it's been whipped out from underneath you. And this is why it's so risky to anchor your motivation in the external, to turn to other people to motivate you. And that's the kind of point I'm getting at. People come to me and say, you know, it's been three three months. I've kind of lost my way a bit. I'm kind of losing my motivation. My motivation. Can you help me get back on track? And then at that point, it's like you want me to motivate you to do the thing, to do the you know achieve the goal that you've set for yourself. If if you don't want to do it, then it's not up to me to tell you that you should be doing it, right? And that applies, you know, that's across the board for anything. You know, if I say oh, I want to go and do a CBT qualification. You know, I wouldn't turn to my wife and say, could you motivate me to go and do this thing? If I wanted to do it, really, truly wanted to do it, I would go and do it right now, this second. But I'm not. I'm still thinking about it. I will eventually do it one day because the time will become right or whatever circumstances will land right for me and it will will happen. But it's not up to other people to tell me that I should be doing something that I've set for myself. So... How do we get around this? Um, I delivered a live chat inside our private coaching group. And it was it was basically talking about high value goals. So we come at this from two angles, right? Now, when when you I mean, what's the best situation to explain for this? Let's say you've been dieting for three or four months and you're starting to, in fact, exactly as uh, where was it? Lorna had said. How to stay focused and how to put yourself back on track, right? Now, the whole on track, off track thing, I'm not a fan of, but I think I've covered that in another episode. Good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, polarized thinking. Maybe it was in a, maybe it was one of my live chats that I did. Black and white thinking. It might have been in a podcast episode. I'm not a fan of this line of thinking, but it can be helpful because it's kind of language that most people can relate to. 
So when someone is on track, they are doing all the things to take them closer to the goal they are working towards. And they might be motivated by, I don't know, like I said, a holiday, some kind of short-term goal. Something that doesn't really mean anything to them. And that's that's the, the real thing here, right? We want to turn... So right now you probably believe that you need to lose weight. I need to lose weight for this holiday. I need to lose weight to get into these jeans. I need to lose weight because um, summer is coming. Now you are far less likely to do something that you feel you need to do versus something that you want to do. The two of them usually oppose each other. I want to sit around and watch Netflix all day. However, I need to do the washing. I need to do the chores. I need to go to the shops and get food. So there's a difference between our needs and our wants. And when it comes to weight loss, we, we we need to turn our needs into wants. So it shouldn't be, I need to lose weight. I need to eat less. I need to eat more protein or eat more fried fiber. I need to do more steps. I need to exercise. Instead, we want that to be, you know, you're waking up each day saying, I want to do this. I want to be in a calorie deficit today. I want to eat fruits and vegetables. I want to stop eating when I'm full. Because when you wake up wanting to do these things, you're creating the foundations for success. And we do that and by coming at it from two separate angles. Okay, so this person particularly, Lorna, asked about um, staying focused and going off track, right? So let's think of it. Let's think of the off track part, first of all. Going off track. So you are trying to be in a deficit. However, you keep snacking or eating late at night Maybe you're drinking at the weekends and then having, you know, a day of overconsumption the next day because you're feeling hungover, whatever the case may be. Now, it's important to remember that you will always do exactly what you want to be doing at any given time. Every choice that you make is exactly that, a choice that you make. And you do it, you do it based on all the information you have available to you at the time and what is important to you at the time. So yes, I'm trying to lose weight. Yes, I am dieting. Yes, I'm trying to lose fat. However, here's this thing that I did that isn't compatible with that. Now you did that for a reason. You did that because at that time, that was the best possible choice you could make. Otherwise you wouldn't have made it. You would have chosen to do something else. So it's first of all important to understand that we are in control of all of our choices. We're using the information that we have and the what's important to us, but also kind of thinking of past experiences and looking for benefits and value and what we're going to get from something. Yes, I'm dieting right now and trying to lose fat. However, I've had a tough week at work and I deserve a bottle of wine. And then you justify it and it seems a great idea at the time. It's not until afterwards you think, why did I do that? And then you start to regret it and you get annoyed with yourself and all the rest of it. So we come at this from two angles, okay? I I normally do this the other way around, but let's come at it from angle two first. So the two angles are, number one, we want to create high value goals. And we do that by taking the goal that we are working towards and we build so much value around it that we wake up every day bouncing out of bed wanting to do this thing. The second angle, when it comes to like going off track and you know losing focus and your attention goes elsewhere onto other things that are counterproductive to what you're trying to achieve, we want to devalue them. I've done this in a live chat before and I've drawn this out as an exercise. So when it comes to devaluing something, we'll use wine as an an example because alcohol is always easy to pick on. So you're right, if you, it could be, it could be wine, it could be chocolate, it could be takeaways, it could be whatever else is relevant to you. The thing that keeps taking you away from what you think you should be doing or what you think you want to be doing. What is that thing? Write it down at the top. 
Then on a piece of paper, draw a line in the middle, a line at the cross, and type. Uh, write pros on one side, cons on the other side. So when I've done this, it would be wine at the top, pros and cons. Wine. Fun, relaxing, enjoyable. Um, fun, relaxing, enjoyable. That would be it for me. Fun, relaxing, enjoyable. Yep, that would be it for me. And on the cons side, what does that lead to? You know, when, when you have this thing, what are the cons of having wine? Hangover, tiredness, anxiety, um, increase in hunger, poor food choices, uh, poor decision making, whilst under the influence, reduced inhibition. So you might then, you know, you might have the bottle of wine and phone a Chinese late at night or start attacking the crisps or the nuts or whatever. And we're, we're writing this list. We're not trying to put ourselves off of it for life. There will be a time and place for this thing, but we're trying to, you know, write that when we're thinking of the pros, we're thinking of the things that are counterintuitive to what it is we're working towards. So we're thinking, in which way does this thing uh, oppose the goal that I'm working towards? And it's all of these things. Tiredness, lethargy, hangover, um, reduced activity, increased hunger, changes to food choices, uh, lowered inhibitions, all the rest of it. Poor decision making, spending all day in bed, blah, 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 blah. And what we're doing is we're devaluing it and we're, we're literally writing down and reading and taking the time to consider how this thing is having a negative impact on what it is we're trying to achieve. And when we do that, we we break down the value of it. It starts to become, you know, when we look at it that way and say, okay, yeah, it was fun at the time and it helped me de-stress a bit. However, I just felt more stressed and anxious the next day. So it didn't actually help me. I mean, it was great for the four or five hours before I fell asleep watching Netflix, but look at everything, you know, look at all the negatives that came out the next day. So all it means is right now, while I am trying to achieve this goal I'm trying to achieve, this does not fit in. It will have its time and place at some point, but right now isn't it. And again, it doesn't have to be wine. It could be something else. Um, so we look at the, 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 the behaviours that are taking us away from what we're working towards and we are devaluing them. Because we believe we are getting something from it. In our heads, a bottle of wine sounds like a great idea. That would be great fun. But when you assess the actual outcomes of it and what it's going to lead to, Yes, it would still be fun, but is it worth everything that it, that happens afterwards? Okay, so that's angle two. That's I would normally come at this from the other way first, but that gets that out of the way. This is the most important part. Again, piece of paper. Weight loss is a fucking boring goal. It is the worst goal in the world. Nobody should have weight loss as a goal. Because it's terrible. Everyone wants to lose weight. Absolutely everybody. Even people that don't need to lose weight want to lose weight. It is not exciting. It is not inspiring. It's not motivating. You do not bounce out of bed saying, let's lose some weight today. It doesn't work like that. It's a shit goal. Terrible. Weight loss should not be a goal. Remember, weight loss is the outcome of your choices. Weight loss is the passenger along for the ride. You are the one, your brain, your mindset is the one driving your body, driving your choices, making the decisions to eat this and drink that, etc. Weight loss, your weight loss, gain, maintenance, the direction of your weight is the outcome of all of those things. So making a change to your weight should not be a goal making a change somewhere in your lifestyle that influences the direction of your weight should be where your attention is. So, if we look at the goal, right? So you, your goal is you want to lose weight or you need to lose weight. So write weight loss in the middle of a piece of paper, right? I know I said that wasn't meant to be your goal, but it is what you're working towards. But what we're going to do now is build value around it. And this value is what is going to make you want to do the things that will take you to 
this lower weight that you're trying to achieve, okay? And this is how we, this isn't to say that it's going to make you focused all of the time. It's going to make you focused more of the time and it's going to reduce these occasions. Remember, I've said this a lot today, particularly talking to people about binge and stress and emotional eating, that we're not trying to resolve it overnight. We're not trying to just never do it again. That's a ridiculous outcome. That's a ridiculous, I mean, in the, the long-term goal, that might end up happening. But for now, in the short term, if someone is binge eating every weekend, then we're trying to reduce that. Maybe it's every second weekend. That's a huge win. Maybe it goes to every third weekend. That's a massive win. Maybe it goes to the Friday, Saturday instead of the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then maybe in a few months' time, we get it down to one day, twice a month, then one day a month. That's what we're trying to get. We're trying to reduce the frequency and the duration. So it isn't to say that this exercise is going to make you super focused all of the time and highly motivated all of the time. But it's certainly going to be a damn sight better than what you're doing at the moment. So get your piece of paper. What is it you're trying to achieve? Weight loss. Now, terrible, awful, rubbish goal. It is not a high value goal. There is no urgency or motivation or inspi- you know, inspiration there. So we draw a bubble around it and then we draw lines coming off it. I'm drawing on my desk. Can you hear that? And we draw lines coming off it. I'm not literally, I'm using my nail. Um, and then we, what we do now is we paint a picture of how the world is going to look when we lose weight. And now we're thinking about all of the reasons that we believe we should lose weight. So what does the world look like for you personally when you achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve? Now, this is a tricky one to talk about because it's completely out of context, but I suppose we can talk about body acceptance and body image in another episode. For now, let's just focus on this. Um rather than what might be right or wrong reasons for losing weight. But I'll give you some examples. I want to not be the person hiding myself at the back of photos. I want to be able to go through my photos from a family day out and not delete all the ones I don't like. I want to be able not to use kids standing in front of me when I get my photos taken. I'm thinking of a check-in I've done today where... This was an an NSV. You know, I no longer do this thing. Um, I want to be able to climb the stairs in the house without getting out of breath. I want to be able to do more steps in a day. I want to be able to, you know, I want to complete couch to 5K or couch to 10K. I want to be able to keep up with my kids. I want to still be alive to see my grandkids and maybe even my great-grandkids. I know that last one's a bit extreme, but if someone is obese um, and or very overweight, then a shorter life ex- expectancy is very real. You know, when we say things like, you know, you've uh, when I say things like, you've probably added years to the end of your life when I've worked with people that have lost 60, 70, 80, 100 or more pounds, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not being dramatic. I'm being completely open and honest with them, you have probably added five to ten years onto the end of your life. That last one probably hit pretty hard, but it just gives you an example of how we can build so much value around the thing that we are working towards. I mean, from me just saying those things, do you know what, actually, based on some of the feedback I've had from people, I would imagine when I started talking about the photos and stuff, people got a little bit emotional because it's it's speaking to you. And that's good because now you know, you know, if, if, you, if you had an, a kind of emotional response to any of the things I mentioned there, it's because they're important to you. Far more important to you than just weight loss. So we attach them to the goal that we are working towards. And that is how you improve your focus and your motivation. It does not come from coming to me and asking me to motivate you to achieve a goal that you set for yourself. That's not my job. I can help you get there, but it's not up to me to make you do the things to achieve this this goal that you've set for yourself. 
so and it takes away away these external anchors. Like I spoke to someone recently who took start photos and she was so ashamed of them that she tucked them away in a folder on her phone. And if she, if she ever found herself going into the cupboards, she went and got her phone instead and looked at these photos to disgust herself into not doing something. Now that's awful. <laughs> and I did tell her this at the time, but that's terrible. Um, we should not be, you, you will never shame yourself into becoming a better version of yourself. You can't shame yourself happy or you can't shame yourself slim. You can't bully yourself into being this version of yourself you're trying to come become. It doesn't work. It might work in the short term. My goodness, I've spoken to so many people that, you know, they'll, they'll check in and be like, oh, I need a telling off. I need, I need a talking to. I need oh, what other things. You need to have a serious word with me. I'm like, no, I don't. You need to have a word with yourself. You need to build value around the goal you're working towards because at the moment, it just doesn't interest you. All of these other things that you're doing that aren't taking you closer to your goal are more important to you right now. We need to shift this balance of importance in your life. If, if that's what you want to do. So... You know, it could well be that weight loss simply is not important. So rather than have it as a goal that you're going to half arse and not make any progress towards, ditch it for now. If all of these other things truly are more important to you right now, why are you trying to do something that's incompatible? So there's also that aspect as well. It could simply be that weight loss just does not interest you at the moment. And instead, you do want to be doing whatever these other things are. Um, but for the purpose of the question that was asked, we'll keep it on this, that you do want to be doing these things. You do want to be taking the steps closer to your goal. So, uh, yeah, and the point there was that when we do this, when, when, when our motivation is entirely, oh, what's the word? Yeah, internalized, that's what I want. When we internalize our motivation, when we make what we're doing about us and our loved ones and the people that we are doing it for, it makes you, it turns those needs, I need to lose weight, I need to do this, it turns those into wants because the efforts achieve the outcome. I want to do this thing because I want, and then we go back to this bubble question and all the things we wrote round about it. Yes, weight loss is a thing in the middle, but all of these things around it are the things that are going to happen as a result of you losing weight. So I want to track my calories because I want to not be the person hiding, hiding in photos anymore. I want to not be going through my phone at the end of the day and deleting all the pictures and losing out on all these family memories um, and all the rest of it. So hopefully that was a good answer to that question. Um, and yeah, it, it's, yeah. And then what, it's probably best doing that part first. And then we go to the devalue part and write down all of the things that you are doing, that you are choosing to do. Because remember, you are choosing these because you are getting something from them. There are these things called value judgments, right? Value judgments are quick, short, sharp decisions that we make based on what we have. So let's say a friend called you up and you're just having a chat and, you know, it's a pretty tame chat and one says, why don't you come around for a bottle of wine? And you go, yes, straight away, no questions asked, instant value judgment. And it's that's you thinking, all, all you think is what you're going to get from that experience. You're going to see a friend, you're going to have a catch up, you're going to get at the house, get away from the kids, get away from the husband, the wife. Um, you go to your friend's house and you're going to have a, a few glasses of wine or a few beers. And uh, I need to try and remember to be inclusive of men. I don't actually know. I don't get that. Um, I don't think I get that metric of men versus women, like who listens to this. I don't think I get that feedback from a podcast host. I do know that based on my Instagram following and the people inside my group, it's 95% women, 5% men. So I do try to be inclusive um, when I'm using examples and all the rest of it. So you make this instant value judgment. So this exercise can also help with that value judgment. And 
I think the last thing to talk about probably is when it when it comes to saying no in these situations. And again, this it's very complex because there's so many things involved because we, we don't need to go without things. We don't need to say no to every social occasion. We don't have to stop eating crisps and chocolate and all the rest of it. Everything should still be able to be included within the balance of our life while working towards this goal. And, you know, with the kind of the needs and wants thing, there's a difference between turning down a social occasion because you think you need to. I had this chat recently with someone and it was such a light bulb moment for her where she said, um, yeah, she, she turned down a social occasion because she didn't want to go. And she said that what, what the big difference now was, in the past, she would have said, no thanks, I am on a diet. Now, when you say that, you, you're basically saying, yes, I really want to come, however, I'm trying to diet. So you're missing out on the things that you would normally want to do. Because you're, and then you're using this diet as the reason. Right, And then that's just a terrible way to live. You start to resent the diet. I would really like to do that, but I'm on a diet right now. And she said the difference was that she said no to the occasion because she didn't want to go because she had high value goals that she was working towards. And when she was asked that question and she thought about the goals that she's working towards and she thought about the devaluing of things, she knew that this particular occasion, because of how it was going to go, it was going to be counterproductive to what was important to her right now. And on this occasion, she managed, you know, she was able to make this completely empowered response where she went, no thanks, um, I don't want to come or I don't want to go. She made their excuses to the person to satisfy them, but she genuinely did not want to go. It wasn't, no thanks, I can't come, I'm on a diet. It was, I don't want to come. I genuinely, physically, do not want to come to this thing because the the things I'm working towards are more important to me. That's the level that we're trying to get to. And as I said, it's not about never losing track or, you know, again, I don't like the terminology, but it's relatable. It's not about never losing your focus or your motivation or going off track. It's reducing the frequency and the duration. Once you have these rock solid high value goals that you want to work towards, you will spend much more time working towards them than you will pissing about and not getting anywhere. Cool. I think I've done that one to death. And I've managed not to cough and splutter. I've still got this bit of a tickly cough following COVID. Do you know what? I bought water from Aldi during the week and I opened it. I hold up to the mic, right? I opened it yesterday. Listen to opening. Nothing. I thought it was sparkling water. It wasn't. It was still. Which I don't mind orange and peach still flavoured water, but you know, have you ever done this thing where you go to take a drink out of a glass of juice or a can of juice or something? And you expect it to be something... Co- I did this the other day because I always have loads of cans of juice in my... F- we have a fridge freezer in the garage. And I always have like Iron Brew Extra, Pepsi Max, Coke Zero, my wife drinks Tango. And I, the other day I was convinced, utterly convinced that I was about to take a drink out of a can of Pepsi Max. And it was Iron Brew Extra. And it, I took a drink and I went... It, it tasted... It was the weirdest taste in the world to the point where I thought there was something wrong with the drink. But it was this weird mashup in my head where my brain was expecting Pepsi Max, but my mouth got Iron Brew Extra, and it was like my brain was trying to change the taste of it. So I got this mixture of Iron Brew and Pepsi Max. It was so bloody odd. Anyway, small tangent. Right, what else was here? I'm going to read this out. I'm going to read this out because this one, can I want someone else to... Yeah, let's do that. 
I'll read this out and then I'll talk about this for the last kind of 20 minutes. So my biggest, so in this um, weekend post, I asked people to give me examples of what their biggest light bulb moment since joining was. My biggest mindset change came listening to the last podcast, which was interestingly the Slimming World one, right? Which I, I'll be honest, I didn't think was particularly good. It was one of those ones where done's better than nothing and still wasn't feeling 100% and I didn't actually publicize that I recorded the episode because I kind of want to do it again better. Um, but I've had lots of nice comments about it. So maybe I will tell people that I recorded it. Normally I would send an email to my mailing list, um, post something on social media, but I just didn't have much confidence in it. I still put it out because done is done. But yeah, uh, oh, so, so yeah, I'll read this out. My biggest mindset change came listening to the last podcast. And that is when I really started to understand that my relationship with food was horrific. And even through, even though I understood the Monroe method and was enjoying it, I didn't realize I still had a slimming world mindset. I was, without realizing, only having one slice of bread, milk, one slice of bread, milk or cheese. I am coming out of that now. I have cheese with my lunch today and I'm going to have milk and my coffee. Oh man, I'm not getting into that again. It angers me somewhat, but I'm not getting into it. Not in this one. Like Sue has commented above, oh, so it's another Sue, macro chasing would be of interest. I find myself full sometimes, but trying to find something high fiber to get the goal. I know it's not right. Yeah, so she's doing it even though she knows that she shouldn't be. But someone else did mention it earlier on. So let's touch on this briefly for the last 20 minutes. If you are tracking calories and macros for fat loss, let's keep it specific to this situation, then the goal to to achieve fat loss, you have to consume fewer calories than you are burning, okay? You could eat nothing but McDonald's or Domino's pizza or Chinese takeaways or crisps, biscuits and sweets. And as long as you were consuming fewer calories than you were burning you would lose fat, okay? It's the, fat loss is a game of energy balance. You have to create a gap, a deficit between the number of calories you are burning and the number of calories you are consuming. Now, having just said that, if you were to try and create a calorie deficit while eating the foods I've mentioned, you probably wouldn't achieve it because you would be very hungry. For example, if someone's on 1,500 calories, that's three slices of a large Domino's pizza. Now, as delicious as that might be at the time, what if that was the only thing you had to eat? How hungry would you be? Would you be able to deal with that hunger? Maybe you could split it up into a slice for breakfast, a slice for lunch, and one for dinner. Probably not. If you did somehow manage to get by on just Domino's or just McDonald's or just um, crisps and sweets you would be an extremely unhealthy individual. Your muscles would probably start getting broken down as well as body fat. Um, your hair would probably start falling out. Your nails would probably start breaking. Your skin would probably break out. It wouldn't be great. Yes, you'd be losing body fat, but at what cost? So this is where macros come in, okay? Uh, I don't want to do a big macro explanation. Protein is essential to life. If you did not consume protein, you would die. There aren't many nutrients like that. Protein is essential to life, okay? Uh, Protein deficiency is a horrible, horrible thing. Uh, We don't particularly see it in the Western world, but in the kind of third world and developing countries, it's a very real thing. Um. But, you know, there aren't many people in the UK that are approaching that kind of level. However, that being said, when you are in a calorie deficit, things change, okay? Um, When you create a calorie deficit, your body starts to eat itself. It's probably the best way to describe it. You aren't giving it enough to eat through the food that you consume, so it's your body starts to eat you. And that's great. That's exactly what we want it to do. That's what body fat is. Body fat is a fuel tank that you carry. You know, it's like a it's like a fuel tank that you wear. That's what body fat is. It is a suit that you, you put on and zip up and it's full of fuel. And when you create the right conditions, 
your body will turn to that fuel tank and start to use it up. That's where the calorie deficit comes in. Um, if you don't consume enough protein, then your body won't just look to your body fat, the stored energy. It will also start to look at muscle. And in some cases, it can start to look at bone. Um, and that's why, you know, the way that we do things inside Monroe is, yes, we have a calorie goal. I posted something recently on Instagram. Let me find it and read it. <clears throat> Excuse me. It said, uh, calorie counting only works when you play the quality game as well as the numbers game. Meaning that I've spoken to so many people that have quote unquote failed with calorie counting. That's their their version of what happened. When the reality is, all they did was they didn't change anything about the way that they ate. They just tried to change the amount they were eating. Um, you, I don't know if I've said this on here or not. You cannot scale a fat gaining diet down to achieve weight loss. The same diet that led you to gain weight will not be the same diet, diet, diet meaning the balance of nutrition, the balance of food and drinks that you have. You cannot take a weight gaining diet and scale it down to suddenly achieve weight loss. You would just be dealing with terrible hunger. Protein plays a large role in that because protein promotes satiety. Fiber, which is the other goal that we give our guys, that's all we do, protein, calories, protein, fiber. Your fiber goal has a very similar effect, but the purpose behind the fiber goal that I give, so the advice that we give is, here is your fiber goal, aim for around 25 to 30 grams a day. Here are a list of foods that you should look to most of the time. This is where most of your fiber should come from. So it's not a case of having five fiber ones in a day and that you hit your 30 grams. That's not what it's about. Those are devoid of nutritional value. It's make sure that most of your fiber comes from a wide range of plant sources because that's where fiber comes from. That doesn't just mean eating fruits and vegetables. It means eating products that contain fruits and vegetables. So people just think of um, standard fruits and vegetables, but we're also thinking of plants as in, you know, wheat and things that go into bread, uh, bread products, cereal bar products, cereals, bran products, etc. Um, if it's grown, if it comes out the ground, it contains fiber. So the advice that I give is your fiber intake should come from a wide and varied range of plants. Because that way, your body's then getting all the essential nutrients it needs. Now, the, the other way we could do it is I could say, right, here is your vitamin C goal, your vitamin D goal, your iron goal, your magnesium goal, etc., etc. That's ridiculous. Instead of doing that, we say, here is, here are your protein and fiber goals. Here are the foods that we recommend that you hit these with mostly, not entirely, but most of the time. And that way you're covering most, most bases um, and your diet should be rich in a, a wide range of nutrients, okay? So that's the purpose of macros, <clears throat> but also um, to promote satiety, meaning, you know, I'm going to now start eating less to lose body fat, but I'm going to counteract the expected hunger with eating more filling foods. Okay, so we've covered that. Now, the, the point here is, so this these people, this person, in fact, loads of people do this. They get to the end of the day. Let's say someone's protein goal is 100 grams. They get to the end of, the, let's say, I'll write this down so I don't forget it. Let's say their calorie goal is 1,500 calories and their protein goal is 100 grams. Now, they get to the end of the day and they have had 1,500 calories, but they've only had 60 grams of protein. Now, in that instance, this person's goal is fat loss. Now, think about what I said five minutes ago. To lose fat, you have to consume fewer calories than you are burning. Now, if someone has had 1,500 calories, it's 8 o'clock at night, and they know their protein is at 60 grams for the day. Now, there are four calories in a gram of protein. Now, let's say this person went and had a, a protein shake. Yeah. 
let's say they went and had a protein shake just to get this 40 grams of protein. That would probably come in about 180 calories. So they're not hungry. They don't need anything else to eat. They're trying to create a deficit to lose fat. Would it then make sense for this person to add 180 calories onto the 1500 just to get this protein in? Of course not, because then they're consuming more calories for no reason. They're reducing the size of deficit they were in and they're going to lose less fat. So what do they do? The problem with this, so let's look at the issue here, right? This person has gone through their day consuming 60 grams of protein, but they've reached their 1500 calories. What that means is they have eaten other foods in place of the protein that they should have been eating. They have prioritized other foods before protein. That's why they've got to the end of the day. It would be a different story if they were on 1200 calories and they still had 40 grams of protein to go. That's a completely different story. They've got to the end of the day, they've finished eating for the day, they're not hungry. That's fine, you stop. But when you are reaching your calorie, we use a calorie range, but for most people they'll understand what a calorie goal is. If you've reached your 1500 calories and you're short on protein, you wouldn't just eat protein for the sake of it. Instead, you look at the next day or you, you, you analyze that day and say, right, what could I have done differently here? Maybe I shouldn't have had all of those snacks in between my meals because that's what's left me short on protein today. Tomorrow, what I'll do is I'll plan things better so that I'm having more protein within my meals spread evenly across the day. If I can aim to get 20 to 30 grams in my three meals and maybe a couple of snacks in between, that'll get me to like 80, 90 grams. Remember, nothing magical happens when you hit an exact protein goal. I don't beat people over the head with protein goals or fiber goals. As long as someone's shown me they they can consistently balance their diet in that direction, doesn't have to be exact, then I'm more than happy with it. I don't give people a hard time. Someone's protein goal is 100 grams and they're coming in at like 85, 90 consistently. That's brilliant. Um, So chasing macros at the end of the day is ridiculous. And it's actually the complete opposite of the advice that I give. The problem is people get so excited to come in and get their calorie and macro goal set up. They don't read the follow-up information where we say, right, now that we've done this part, go back to this section So I've got this section in the group that says, put your plan into action, your calorie and macro targets. Number one, across a week, you ideally want your range, your average weekly calorie intake to be within or under your calorie range. Remember, your calories are not a goal to be reached every single day. And we should be tuning in more to hunger and satiety cues. If you're not hungry, don't eat. We also never eat for the sake of it. So if you are short on your macros for the day, forget about it. And plan better for the next day. Um, Number two, I'll read this one out as well. Meet or exceed your minimum protein goal each day if you can. As above, if you reach the end of the day and have missed this goal, we never eat for the sake of hitting it at the end of the day. Continue to work on your planning so that it's being met within the calories you consume. Okay, so that's the key thing. If you are missing the goal, it's not because you're struggling with it. It's not because you're not hungry. Especially if you're getting up to your calorie goal, it's because you're prioritizing other foods. You have eaten 1,500 calories worth of other things that didn't help. You know, obviously, if you've reached 60 grams of protein, you've eaten some amount of protein. But all of the other in-between things, you've prioritized those more than your protein goal. So... Yeah, again, we never get to the end of the day and stand at the fridge smashing cooked chicken breast or Greek yogurt out the tub out the tub just to make a number go up in my fitness pal. That's terrible. Don't do it ever. Instead, take a look at the next day, take a look at your planning. Start building I mean, I did a check-in just earlier on today where someone says that she was having a protein shake at the end of the day even though she didn't need it just to get her protein up. Or she was eating Greek yogurt at the end of the day just to get her protein up. And I just simply said, okay, so instead of doing those things at the end of the day, come back the way to in-between breakfast, to in-between lunch and dinner, what are you snacking on? Could you replace those snacks with 
a protein shake? Or could you replace that with Greek yogurt? In fact, do you know what? You can mix the two of those together. Let's end this with a recipe. <clears throat> I'm going to pause this so I can do a proper cough, though. There we go. Um, let's end this with a recipe, because I went and bought two tubs of... Faye. Oh, I hate saying it like that. It's, it should be phage, right? It should be phage. Faye. Um, yogurt. 0% Faye yogurt. I'm saying it like that because there used to be an advert on TV where they said, it's not phage, it's faye. Um, get some of that yogurt. I'm not saying it again. Get your favourite flavour of protein powder. For me, it's salted caramel or sticky toffee. Not a full scoop, that's ridiculous. Maybe like a half scoop, quarter of a scoop. Just to give the yogurt a flavour. Mix it all in, mix, 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 and then get some fruit. What I like to do is I'll get apple. If you've got one of those apple choppers, it's ideal because you just put the chopper over the top of the apple and go bang, and it does it on like eight different segments. And then you put them all around it and you dip the apple in the yogurt. And it's basically like eating a dessert. And I'm going to be having it tonight because I am in a calorie deficit. And I have been since Monday because I want to shred down a bit. So I've decided I'm going to be in a deficit for the next 10 weeks or thereabouts. Not because I have a specific number or anything in mind, but because I have kind of estimated how much weight I want to lose and it might take that amount of time. There's not get to a specific number in mind. I've just given myself this thing where I know, you know, it's good to have an end point. 10 weeks and then I'll see where I am then and take it from there. But yeah, that's what I'm having tonight. Anyway, I hope this has been helpful as ever. Please do get in touch. Oh, yeah, I think I said this last time. If you're on Spotify, I don't know about anything else because I don't use anything else. But on Spotify, I I discovered that you can five star. I mean, you can give it other stars, but I mean, I would prefer people give it five. You can five star each episode, apparently. I don't know what that does. I don't know if that... um, me, oops, there's my phone playing an episode now. Uh, I don't know if that means it gets recommended to more people or what. But yeah, if you could do that, that would be awesome. Feel free to take a screenshot. Please tag me. Share it to your Instagram stories. Spread the word. Um, put up any key takeaways. I love seeing things like that. I would love to see what your takeaways from these podcasts are. I would love to see you quoting things that have really stood out. Because it helps me. Because there's no back and forth here. It's just me talking and you listening. I know you're nodding along to different things while you're driving your car or go out for, get your steps in or whatever you're doing. Um, it'd be nice to know what those are. So yeah, tag me in things, email me, message me, whatever. And yeah, I'll see you in the next one, which I'm going to record right now before I get the kids from school. And in this one, I'm just going to be talking, the next one I'm going to be talking about exactly how things work inside the Monroe Method. So I will catch up with you again very soon. Thank you for listening.